Welcome to the RGG EDU podcast, where they talk a little photography and drink a lot of whiskey. Season three of the RGG EDU podcast is brought to you by Smug Mug. Yeah, they got a ridiculous grin and the name is funny, but Smug Mug is serious about photography. If you're ready to upgrade your photo game online, get your ass over to SmugMug.com to see where the pros are storing, showing, and selling their images. In this episode, we sit down with the Prince of Mushy Peas, Glenn Dewis. <laughs> oh, dear. It's off to a good start. <laughs> and, of course, Rob Grimm and Renee oh, Robin, our Smurf. Resident Smurf. Resident Smurf. Yeah. So, Glenn, what's the deal with these smushy peas? Uh, what? <laughs> Glenn, let's just totally throwing what's, me. What's the deal with vegetables in England? What's with you guys and vegetables? What do you mean, what's with you guys? <laughs> I want to know. I mean, what do you mean, Renee you people? Is, is putting you in the blanket thing of nobody in England has good good vegetables. That's and you're so, like, That's so, so misinformed. I'm not saying nowhere in England. Oh, yeah, I'm saying all the places I've been, the Bradford. only vegetables I've had. You've been to Bradford. And Newcastle. I'm classy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> now, Newcastle, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was in place. Birmingham. I was in Birmingham. Yeah, I don't know. All the, all the vegetables I've had in, in, in the UK have just been boiled to death. Are you in the wrong places? Tell me the right places to go. I want to find Oxford, these mythical... The, Oxford, south of England. Uh, I've avoided the south of England for the most part. Not intentionally. All right, okay. Yeah. Just you nobody... haven't seen I... England then? Um, I've been to London. <sighs> yeah, I know. That's right. Yeah. You don't like London? <laughs> I love London. Love. Yeah, but it's kind of one of those places that if you live near it, you kind of done it, and you don't you don't yeah, really yeah, go there yeah. anymore. You know, it's I, I lived there for a year. I haven't been there in a long time, but I just I love that city. I'm more of a countryside kind yeah. of person. I like the green kind of spaces. Yeah, the, the countryside though, the roads make me, the roads make me barf because they get motion sick. <laughs> 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 They're so tight and small. Like, how do you? I don't understand. So far, this podcast <laughs> is, yeah. is off to a, a roaring start. So about, back to vegetables, England. <laughs> No, for for our, our few people who might not know who you are, what you do, give us a little rundown of, of you, your background. Uh, what, starting off with regards to what I do or before then? No, or... let's go back to childbirth. Where were you born? No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess... Um, yeah, give us a little a bit of your, your working history. Okay, so I've been involved in this, I reckon, now for just a little over 10 years, it must be now. Uh, never intended to be involved in photography or anything like that at all, but it was more of a, it was a, a family member, an uncle of mine, who kind of got me interested. He was always the family photographer, and I kind of. But he knew I liked computers, so he. I was around my uh, mother's house the one day, and there he was with his laptop, and he's kind of got a picture of a, a family member on there. And he called me over, and he said, "Glenn, take a look at this." And he says, "Look, I can get rid of red eye." And I was like, "All right," and he went click, and the red eye went, and I was like, "That is amazing." <laughs> so I, uh, and that's just typically me. If I see something I like, that's it. I've got to run with it. So I got a copy of uh, Photoshop before the cloud came out. It was pirated, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's copy was pirated. Yeah. We're yeah. finding out a lot of people on these podcasts have, have stolen a copy of Photoshop. But honestly, it's, it's your right of passage. It's yeah. your right of. It of is. Passage. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, I saw that, and it was. Um, so I got a copy of this photo. This software he was using called Photoshop, obviously. Which version? Oh, do you know? I think it was uh, just before CS. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just before was that seven? I think it's yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. something like that. Yeah. No, I think they went up to ten. Really? Yeah. Did it? I think so. I, I, uh, I think so. Then. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I saw it, and that was it. Just absorbed fully into it. I'm the I'm the kind of person that if I see something I like, 
I can't just play. I have to kind of go through everything, every function, get every book, get every training thing, the whole lot. And it was only just a, a few short weeks later that I came to my first uh, Photoshop World event because I'd never clue what I was doing with it. And I went on to Yahoo as it was at the time before Google was Big Brother and kind of typed in um, free tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this organization called NAPP came up and they said, if you want to learn this, you've got to be in America. So I got a ticket and came to America. And mm-hmm. I'd never been before. I came completely on my own to uh, Las Vegas. Um, what was that like? Interesting. Yeah, it, it was kind. Of, it was. Uh, it was. It was kind of funny in a way because obviously I'm coming from my own. On my own, didn't have a clue anything about America really at all. It's quite a shelter, really, I guess. And then when I came here, every American who I sort of met and became friends with, the saying, "Look, don't judge us by <laughs> Vegas." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. kind of you're seeing right. the extreme now. Right. Um, it's not all like this. But I made some amazing friends from there. I went. I had a great time. Went back, and then I did the um, ACE as OBA exam, and I just kind of. It kind of picked up from there. I started getting a lot of work coming in because I was this guy who knew how to play around and do funny things in Photoshop. So before I knew it, I was getting quite a bit of work coming in from photographers. Funny things? Like what were you doing? Well, I was just doing posters. People who like maybe worked in, you know, in offices and stuff, they want, they knew I could take, you know, change heads and, and do all that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, put people in different places and stuff. So I started doing that. But then I got more serious work from wedding photographers and portrait photographers. And I thought I'd better register a business before people start saying, where's this money going? Um, <laughs> so I did that, and it's kind of took off from there. So did it alongside full-time job at the time, and then things have just accelerated. So so there were seven uh, versions of there Photoshop were? until CS, yeah. which was I the eighth one. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. No. I knew it. Yeah. So g- guess how many different versions there are out there? Anyone want to take a guess? 16. Current versions? Of Just in the history. How many different versions were there? Oh, you mean with all the different mm-hmm. points? Yeah. Mm, so we have one thing. 82. 82? Don't be ridiculous. 14. Bro. 14. 24. Whoa. Really? 24, according to the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Useless information? More. Yeah. But useful, yeah. maybe. Yeah. 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 Now you know. Uh, yeah, I'm here to please. I'll remember that. I'm here to please everyone. <laughs> 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 So what type of training do you do now? You, you're an author. You have books out there. You do training. You're online. You're a speaker. What yep. Uh, Training-wise, I, I went through a phase. I was doing quite a few workshops and things like that. So I was teaching mainly. It would have been uh, kind of retouching stuff. But since my first book came out, I kind of made this conscious, a conscious decision um, that I, I didn't want to be known as the guy that was just doing Photoshop. I kind of I wanted to be in this long term, so I'm not a wise person by any means, but I kind of thought if I want to be in this long term, I really need to learn and push my photography and my lighting. So now I teach much more of the, the lighting and the photography side of things, but hand in hand with the, the retouching, whereas before it was only retouching. But when I was doing that, I kind of think I was still trying to find out what it was I wanted to do. I didn't really know because I, I, I mentioned about getting into the business. I got into the business too soon. Um, whereas really, I, I just, because it literally was, I mean, I know we joked about it, but I, I literally did get into business because I was concerned that somebody might grasp me up for taking some money and not sort of like, um, you know, sort of saying that I'm making these kind of, you know, it's income. So when, when I went into business, I didn't know what I wanted to photograph. So I had no style. I didn't know how to use lighting and I was still really learning the basics of Photoshop. You know, I wasn't, you know, nowhere near proficient. Uh, so when I set this business up, I've then got all the stresses and strains of running a business, getting a client, doing accounts and stuff. But the, and alongside that, I'm still trying to learn my craft and know what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of held me back quite a lot. So I had to almost physically sort of stop, restart, 
and then go from there. So, how do you think a photographer finds their style? I feel like every every yeah. photographer's on that quest. It's, it's yeah, good question, and it's something I did a talk on yesterday. I did like a four hour session talking about it, and it's. Um, well, we've only got about forty five minutes, so give us the. Okay, well, uh, long, <laughs> long story short, uh, <laughs> you, I, I'm a big advocate in copying. I, and sometimes you kind of find, if you mention about copying in the photography or there's like a sharp intake of breath, you can't copy. You've got to be an individual, have your own style. But my kind of thinking is, well, if you want to have your own style, how the hell do you get a starting point? You know, if you're, if you're going to learn to play a musical instrument like the guitar, what do you do? You don't just suddenly learn how to play it. You, you listen to Eric Clapton and people like this and you try to copy the guitar riffs. Right, you don't come up with your own original set of chords. Exactly. It just I mean, doesn't happen. Exactly. So if you want to learn to, you know, cook, what do you do? You get cooking books, you get ingredients, you get recipes, and you follow it step by step. And hopefully it turns out okay, but you know you do enough of that, and you start. Well, what happens if I put a bit of this in, and what a bit of that in, right. and then you start to find your style. And it's the same with photography. You copy over and over and over again. Eventually, your style will show itself, but you cannot force it. People say, "I need to know how can I get my style." You can't force it. Just keep doing a lot of stuff, and eventually, other people will say you've got a style. So, what is your style? How would you describe your work? Uh, I'll say how it definitely isn't. You'll never find pictures on my portfolio of like white backgrounds and balloons and people jumping in the air, clapping their hands. You'll never find that. So um, no my, happy pictures. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's the it's, weather. I guess it's kind of like a broad thing to say, but there's a definite mood in my pictures, and that's not to say I'm moody, but it's just. I'm not one of these people that does all these kind of smiley, happy kind of like, oh, look at me. I just, that's not like that. I mean, Renee, you do. Your pictures have got real mood to them. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's hard to define what that mood is, I guess. But when other people would see them, I'm told people say, oh, that's definitely one of yours. I can see one of your pictures there. That might no, be I... the, the best compliment you can get was like, yeah. When you recognize a yeah. photo as someone's without a name on it, yeah. that's when you're like, all right, maybe, I, maybe I'm on to something. And that, that, that was always my ultimate goal as well. I mean, my, uh, my closest friend is a guy called Dave Clayton. He knows everything that I've done pictures-wise. And I wanted to be able to get to the stage that if I could do a photo shoot and do a picture he's not seen, put that on a table with a group of other people's photographs and for Dave to look up, walk up to the table and go, that's yours. Then I know I've got a style. And I'm kind of at that stage. People are now recognising, because there's a, there's a certain style I've been doing for about the last year now, working on a project, and it's becoming really recognisable. So that I'm kind Is of... Is that the World War II stuff? Yeah, that, that yeah. World War II stuff. And it's just using a simple cross-light, kind of Rembrandt style of lighting, using it indoors, out on location and stuff. And it's becoming really recognisable. It's a beautiful series. Let's beautiful talk about series. that series. Thank you. How, how'd that come about for you? Just got a, a huge interest in uh, anything to do with World War II and history. I've always liked the history side of things. So um, it was just something off. It, it's really weird. I kind of felt that I had to do it. I saw my uncle's an author, and he's written books on the D-Day landings and all that kind of stuff. And we went over to France, and I want to learn more and more about it. Then completely out of the blue, I saw the film. Uh, I don't think you guys had it over here. It's called Dad's Army. Back in the 70s, early Tonight. 70s, there was a comedy that used to be out called Dad's Army, and it was based on what we used to have was called the Home Guard. And these were people right. back in the day that were either too old or too young or, or not well enough to join the armed forces and go off and fight for the country. And they, were, they basically looked after the shorelines and they were volunteers. So I started doing a series photographing them after seeing this film. And then it's just, it's just grown from there. I mean, we're doing a photo shoot for the Dunkirk when the film comes out, we're doing one just before then, and it's just growing and growing and growing. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, it's neat. I think you guys are particularly affected because it... Um, you know, that, that, that war was on your soil. 
mm. which Americans really haven't had that experience. The Civil War, yes, but that's a different thing. It's not foreign. Yeah, yeah. You know, this this foreign war coming to your yeah. to your Pearl Harbor, yeah. Rob. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> God, take that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, on, I'm talking man. about like a four-year grind of, of yeah. cities being bombed. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago and, and New York were not bombed day after day after yeah. day for four years. And that we didn't have to develop like the home guard, This, which is a really interesting little um, aspect. So many people wanted to be involved. They mm-hmm. wanted to be committed. They wanted to have... Uh, you know, a, a stake in it. And mm. even if they couldn't, they formed things like the Home Guard, which is cool. It, it, it's become a project that, whereas before I did like an animal project where I was doing composite animals, because uh, I've never been on a safari and I wanted to make animals look as if they're out in their natural habitat when I'd photograph them from like zoos and wildlife parks. That was kind of fun. But this is a project I just feel I have to do it. It's really, it's hard to explain, but I'm just so absorbed in it. And the reaction to it has been brilliant. It really has. It's kind of, you mentioned you're doing a project on World War II and it's just opening doors. Really? It, yeah, we did a photo shoot in North Wales two weeks ago, and we were on Cardiff Central Railway Station. I mean, it's a busy, busy station. And we kind of got permission, but not completely. But when we get there, we go and speak to the guys in their press office, and they were like, mm, and they said, well, it's for a World War II project. And all of a sudden, it's like, right, what can we do for you? Tab, right, so you just, again, do you think it's because and... of that connection? Because it yeah, was such yeah. a personal, it was there. It was there yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Really enjoying Good, that's it. that's awesome. That's so, awesome. who are your current clients? Who are you working for? Who's who's hiring you to do what? Uh, I kind of I do a bit of freelance. I'm quite lucky in a way that when um, Adobe brought out their Creative Cloud thing back in the UK, they did like a week's uh, a creative week, and they, they got me in to do stuff during the week. And then there was a on the final day, there was like a live um, panel show with a live audience. And one of the ladies next to me was a girl who works for an, an agency for the BBC and for Sky. So I get work that comes in from, from those guys, which is which is great. It's great for the profile. But I've also worked for a lot of people like I've done Air, um, Air New Zealand, but I also do other companies as well. I don't I do not do much for kind of like the person in the street, if that makes sense. I'll, I'm always trying to push for, more, you know, bigger clients. So I, mm-hmm. took a, I took 18 months out of doing any kind of training whatsoever because about 18 months ago I thought that, and there's nothing wrong with this, but everybody seemed to be doing training. And it seemed to me that training became the modern-day version of the wedding photographer. When somebody first starts out into photography, I'll do weddings because I can do that, and that's a quick way of making money. And then it, nowadays it seemed that somebody, no, no sooner do they get a copy of Photoshop and somebody says, oh, that looks good, I'll do training. So it just seemed like the modern day. So I wanted to step away from that, and I wanted to get a bit of cred- credibility by getting some clients. Um, so then when I do do a couple of workshops, because I'm going to do just a couple. There's one coming up with Moose Peterson I'm doing in August at um, the Duxford Air Museum with the Spitfires and stuff. But doing less of them, they're just, they, they'll, we know we'll have no problem with that. It just, you know, it's rather... Because if you do too many, I've always kind of... You know, I've got, I've got some friends that do a lot of workshops, and they're great, but, you know, when it's... I, my kind of attitude is that if you're doing a lot of it, if somebody says, uh, you know, I've got a workshop coming up, and... Some people go, well, I won't go to that one because he's going to do another one in a week. I didn't want that. I want this element of, like, create an urgency that people want to see what you're doing, you know? Right. The other thing about it, if you do it too much, it takes you away from your own work because... Exactly. You know, workshops take time to put together and they, plan they do. and organize yeah, they and, definitely and to do, do right. Yeah, but you, I, I, it's only a personal thing, and, it's, you know, a lot of people may, may disagree with this, but I think it, it kind of felt there was a lot of teachers teaching the teachers to teach, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, whereas totally. I wanted to kind of have 
credibility so that if somebody asked me, not just how do I do this with a light, how do I meter this, or how would I retouch that? If they say to me, how do you get a client? How do you plan a photo shoot if you're working with... I want to be able to answer that rather than think on my feet. I'm think, well, if I was doing it, I'd do this. Right. Do you know what I mean? I can actually talk from experience. That okay. was just important for me. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You mentioned Moose Peterson, who yeah. we're interviewing tomorrow. Oh, super! Right. What can you tell us about Moose? Where he'd just be like, "How the hell do you guys know that?" Like, we're gonna let's troll him a little bit. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, do you know what? If I could dish the dirt. Uh, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. Uh, but I, but I, I don't know much. No, I mean, all I can say about Moose is that I feel incredibly privileged to be a friend of Moose's. He's one of these guys that when I first got involved in this whole industry, it was, no matter what we do, we always have people we, we look up to. And I'm 45, coming 46, and I still have people I'm thinking, and, you know, they could just be a year or two older than me, and I'm like, wow, I'm so privileged to be a friend of this person. I'll never get out of that. But with Moose, I've always put him up on a pedestal because, it, it's yeah, his photography is great and he's got this real... If you look at his landscape work, especially if he showed you his landscape work, the way he does these um, music slideshows to his landscapes, Jesus, that, I'm, I'm not an arty-farty photographer, right? I'm not someone that's gone, oh, wow, it really kind of moved me. But, geez, when I see Moose, his presentations like that, I've got tears in my eyes and that's like... Rufty Tufty. No, no, I'm mean, sorry. Did I say tears? No, my eyes are sweating. I, you know, when, when Moose does that stuff. But he's got an ability to really make pictures quite powerful. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. what I love about Moose. And the fact that he's asked if me and him, he'd like to do a workshop together with me, and it's going to be around, because he does this beautiful thing with uh, warbirds, you know, the, their aircraft. It's absolutely stunning. And he wants to do a combined two-day event with me and him. That's you know, that's a bucket list tick. Yeah, that, it, that really is. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about inspiration because you talk about being inspired by Moose. Who are the people that you were copying and inspired by when you were trying to find your style, when you were learning the ropes, as, you, as you're explaining to other people, go out and copy people. Who okay. are you copying? Who right, are you well, certain at? people that I would try to copy. Yeah. Uh, a good, great, good friend of mine, a guy called Calvin Hollywood, based over in Germany. Oh, yeah, Germany. he's oh, great. We love he's the Calvin. best. He is <laughs> my favorite German of yeah, all time. He's Calvin so is, is hilarious. Yeah, he's crazy. Uh, and, yeah, you know, he's, he's great what he does, but he is an incredibly talented guy. And there's a guy that used to work with um, Calvin as well. Um, he was like his business partner at the time, a guy called Gabor Richter. And my God, Garbor, wow. I mean, what a talent. There's guys called Uli Steiger, because this is when I was doing more of the retouching side of things. A guy called Uli Steiger and Olaf Giermann. So I was really influenced by uh, the German side of things, because, right. I mean, they are some seriously talented people in yeah, Germany. Yeah, but contemporary yeah. European photographers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they really, really do their stuff. Just blew, blew me away, those kind of folks. And the great thing about them over there, they were really open arms and sort of like coming in and just. You know, I ended up doing workshops with Calvin and we become just really, really great friends. In the UK, you never got that. I really never felt that, that it was always very closed doors. It was like cloak and dagger. I can't possibly share anything with you. But outside of the UK, I found it to be really open. So those are the guys in Germany, but elsewhere, I guess there's uh, a guy who's become a great friend of mine called Joel Grimes. I love Joel's work, yeah. but I just love Joel as a person. Yeah, He's yeah, one, of the, he is one of the hardest working photographers I know. Uh, Joe McNally. A guy called Tim Tadder. Oh, yeah, we know Tim you know, well. So the, these are the kind of people that I would really try to copy. And, of course, then you've got, like, the um, Annie Leibowitzes and the Mark Seligers and stuff like that. So those are the kind of guys that I would follow and try and, you know, emulate. But, you know, I mean, if somebody said, oh, that looks just like Joel Grimes, he kind of said it in a way that I'd be offended. But I'm like, you have no chance. I'm really glad you're saying that's like Joel Grimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They would try and say that in a way that would make you feel bad. That, oh, that's copying. And I did get that. Oh, yeah. you're trying to copy. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I've got, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say that. One thing that 
Joel said yesterday in our podcast that kind of surprised me is he will never outsource any part of his retouching. Mm -hmm. He wants it to be 100% his. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of other photographers that are huge that outsource all of it. Yeah. Like, what's your opinion on, is it still your photo if you outsource it and, and have someone else do it? That's a good question, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Did you actually expect an answer for that? I don't actually... Oh, yeah, we do. Um... All right, okay. This won't, this is only between us, right? <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just the four of us. Just the four of us. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's your photo. If uh, And that will be very contentious, I'm sure, but I don't think it's your photo. I totally 100% agree with what Joel says. You're going to see it through from concept to print, if you like. See the whole process. I, I Personally, I, I, I guess maybe... I couldn't do that and Joel couldn't do that because when we do jobs or we do our projects, you're not churning out several hundred pictures a day and having to spend hours and hours and hours working through one particular shoot. You know, I can get hired sometimes for a whole day and they want 12 pictures. That's it. So it's, it's, I like that. It's my slow pace. I can just really be controlled and stuff like that. If you're maybe a wedding I know wedding photographers outsource stuff. I know physique photographers in the UK that outsource stuff, but that's not me. Yeah. You know, by the time I've tried to explain to the person doing the retouching what I want, I could have done it. What's, you know, nah. Good, good answer. I, good yeah, answer. It is a good answer. But it depends on your, your genre, you know. I, I yeah. outsource all the time. I shoot, you know, food and booze, right? They're not so now photos, you, you asked me that question, now you tell me that's yeah. what you do. Uh -huh. How bad trying, do I trying to, trying to hook you in. I <laughs> Rob, how does it feel to have a whole portfolio of images that aren't yours? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just backtrack, okay? Um... I've always kind of had the opinion on, on retouching. Um, I have that debate with myself a lot because I've always, I always want to over outsource some of my retouching but of course it's never gonna happen um but i do think you know beauty retouching is beauty retouching that's kind of like math you know you dodge and burn you clean up some of the skin same with product retouching oftentimes it's right. just cleaning it up and dodge and burning right so that's kind of like it's scientific retouching it's mm -hmm. not artistic or creative although it can be right so i think that if it's that small amount of retouching that's just the, the base work cleanup yeah then okay that retains your photo because they're just basically you know turning up the image a little bit, yeah. but then when you get those those complete creative retouches, uh, it is totally not your photo. Anymore. Yeah, well, most of, most of my, like my stuff is all it, it's created on set, but then I'm photographing components because I have to worry about the labels. Like you know, like labels have gold foils and silver foils, and so there are all these little different components that I'm capturing for in order to make like the perfect hero bottle. I personally don't have the patience to sit behind a computer for two days and assemble all that stuff. I thought we weren't going to call it the hero anymore. We're going to call it the hammer. Chris Garrison, remember? Yeah, I can't. Listen, I, I, dude, I've 25, 26 years. This is my lexicon. I'm, I'm going. It's the hammer photo. It's the hammer photo. Have you ever heard that? No, I haven't. No, not, I heard it's not, it was Chris Garrison in our episode with him. It's the hammer. It's not the hero. <laughs> and he doesn't take cat naps. He takes swag naps. Oh, yeah, remember that? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Right, so, sorry, Clearly, we need to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're missing out. Half the table's like, what? Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry. I, I, I guess it can't, me saying, it, I'm not backtracking, right? I'm right. Not, just to clarify. Um, <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's a different <laughs> style. Because, like, I'm off to the next shoot, too. Like, uh, Julie will be retouching stuff for me. She knows what I'm wanting. But there, she's not reshaping uh, the image. Right, okay, she's not okay, relighting so then, the image. What you just said you know? then, you said Julie will be retouching. Yeah. So you have you have input, you have control, you can oh, see absolutely. the absolutely right. Okay, so yeah. what I'm saying here then, all right? Wow. What I'm He's saying here, clan. See what has happened was you've got some. Let's say you've got a photographer in the UK, and then there's a guys offering uh, retouching um, 
you know, sort of services thousands of miles away. Right. And you just we transfer just loads of images to them and then just come back. That I would say, nah. But if you're like someone like yourself or someone like Annie Leibovitz who has an input and a control and do this right. and actually bring that, you're having an actual creative input into it throughout yeah. of it, then I see that differently. Then yes, because you're still having your vision through their hands onto the screen and what have you. But if you're just leaving it, here's what I do, this is my style, oh, I'll send it to them, then away they go. Mm -hmm. that, that I don't agree with. That I don't think is your business. The controversy of this conversation is thick. I love it. I wonder how many controversy? actions. Controversy? Controversy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's pronounced, right? And controversy, you mean. Uh, controversy. Fail. <laughs> it's con yeah, it's, it's, con it's controversy. controversy. <laughs> so funny. What advice do you have for people just getting into, we ask this to everyone, what, what advice do you have for people just getting into the business today? Slow down. Well, that's simple as that. Slow down. Don't run before you can walk. Just um, have projects. Have a project and stick with it. Don't try not to kind of uh, try not to overcomplicate it. You know what I mean? If just just stick with one light, God damn it, and just <laughs> learn how much how much can I do with one light rather than saying, "Oh, what are they doing? I'm using three. Right, I'll get three lights." I've had that before. You know, people saying, "Oh, can you teach me how to use three lights?" Well, do you know how to use one yet? Well, no, not really. I don't really want to do that. I want to use three. Well, no, let's start with one. So just slow down. You know what I mean? And if you're going to learn, you know, there's no escaping. If you, The only way you're going to progress is by consistently practicing. Do you know what I mean? Again and again and again. Get yourself a polystyrene mannequin head off eBay. $5. Put it on a light stand in your garage. It's 24-7. That's there ready to pose for you. Practice, practice, practice. So that when it comes to it and you're photographing a person, the technical side of it, you're not even thinking about it. You're doing what you should be doing as a photographer, and that's bringing out the personality and the character and the person that you're photographing. You shouldn't be chimping and stuff like this when you're having a person in front of you. Chimping? What the hell is chimping? You don't know what chimping? Never heard chimping? Oh, no. <laughs> what? What is chimping? Oh, get in there. I've got something you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, it's when Sorry, you, like, let's say, that the, obviously nowadays it's it's something that's come more down with the, the digital age where you can just take picture after picture after picture after picture, and then you sit down and you just sit there, eyes down, just looking through. Like it, like, oh, don't like it, delete it. That's chimping. All right. Whereas, really, it should be a case of everything's, you know, you've metered it, you've positioned the light, bang, first shot that comes in when you're tethered, you're on the money. And then you've just got to start thinking about the posing. Look at you teaching me something. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this patient? People now, or not. <laughs> now we just have to worry about whether or not he will retain it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> there's there's no more. worry. There will, no be a, there will be a that. test at the end of this no, podcast. I think I'll remember that. I think, I think that I'll remember because it's funny. <laughs> All right, so the British office or the American office? Well, the, the, he's talking the, about the, the television TV show. show which did, did, you prefer. did you watch it? Oh, come on. British office. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rick is your vice. Legend. Were, were you guys... Pretty upset when it turned into an American version? No, not at all, because it was no. different. Steve Carell, he's awesome. You yeah. Can't, you, yeah. yeah. Just, it was just that you watch it, and, yeah, you know it was based on it, but it's just a whole, a whole different show. It's just brilliant. Brits are also used to that, because we take a lot of their stuff and then just repackage it as our own. We yeah. really do. When yeah, it comes yeah. To, but it's, like, a, it's different. Yeah. Because well, it's television got a, shows are plenty of that. It's got American influence yeah. on it. It is yeah. a, For us, it's a different program. Yeah. It could be called something completely different, and we still love it. It, it is it's brilliant. Well, I thought I, they did a great job with that. I wish they would have kept developing the, the British one, because that was, that was great. I love that one. Yeah. But well, Ricky Gervais is really he's pretty phenomenal. It's, yeah, he's very good. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we again have gotten way off track. It's kind of my—I don't know how we do that. It's kind of my job here is to derail the conversation. Yeah, you're so, good at it. Yeah. So then here's the question: When you get people who are in your workshop who've never, ever, ever opened up Photoshop before. Mm-hmm. What are the first five things that you tell them? Hang on. Do you get people in your workshops that have never worked in Photoshop? No. Really? Okay. No. How? I, I, I kind of, um, I'll send them a link to videos that will, like, you need to know this before you come along. I wish people listened to that in my workshop. You, you get pe- people that have never taken a composite? I have class. run advanced, advanced workshops, and there, it's like, there's a, a booklet that goes out ahead of time. Like, you need to know all this. Like, do not show up if you don't know this. And then I, I start going, and they're like, what's that white box beside uh, the thingy? I'm like, oh, that's called layer masking. They're like, layer what? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a good course for you. Yeah. That's ever happened to you? The only thing that's ever happened Maybe. is when somebody's just had a, a brand new computer, and they've just installed Photoshop onto it, and they don't know how to use that particular computer. Uh, yeah. But I've never had anybody who's never opened Photoshop. If you had somebody who'd never opened Photoshop before, what would you say to them? Here's, you your, here's your money. <laughs> go, go. Yeah. Uh, they... they... <laughs> I, I I couldn't have I couldn't have a you know if I've got people who've paid several hundred pounds to come to a workshop and there's one person there it's not fair on them it's not fair on me oh no I mean like just in general though like if somebody had come to you and was like Glenn I hear you're like the badass of Photoshop I want to get into this I just got a computer in Photoshop okay so you said you said what five what thing yeah like what to get, gonna... and I I always say there's three things it's not, I know you said five I know I said but I'm going to kind of right. meet you halfway here <laughs> uh, I said there's three things you need to not be entirely proficient with don't need to know every ins and outs of it but if you know three things there's nothing you can't do in photoshop and that's understand basically what layer mask brushes and blend modes are if you know those three things you look at any picture it could be the most basic retouch to the most you know hours kind of stuff that you do hours on an image i guarantee they're looking at what are they layer mask brushes blend modes totally yeah yeah, yeah. all right so that's here's good. a question i'm gonna judge you really hard oh, <laughs> is your toolbar on the left side or the right side left uh, side the left side. Yeah. Left oh, what? Side. Huh? Left side. Yeah. Oh. So you're left. You're yeah. You're left side too. Uh, I'm left handed. Both sides. Both sides. Yeah, oh, I move it. I move it around. I didn't do just, that in the oh, tutorial, no, but I move. I move things all over the place. I am so. That's how it is. I'm a Virgo. It's got to be there. That's got to be there. Organized. I used to be on the left side. Now I moved it all to the right. See, I can't have it on that's the left weird. side because I used to use a Cintiq, and being yeah. left-handed, I'd put my hand across the screen. I couldn't see oh, the picture. Left. So I got to have a Virgo or lefty. That's your problem. But I was born in September. Oh, I'm on Virgo too, but I was born in August. <laughs> I asked because we, we just did a tutorial with a uh, high-end retoucher, Seth, and he's like, the first thing I ask well, like when I'm doing a workshop, move. everyone needs to move their toolbar to the right side so the brushes are right next to the layer mask. Otherwise, you're going whoop, back and forth, yeah, back to Seth. Yeah. That's why I moved it. Yeah. He's spending a long time in front of it, though, right? On oh, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. day, all day every day. Yeah. I mean, also, though, what's faster is, is just learning, building your own shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. So you don't even have to move, you know, your mouse over mm. there. That's way more efficient. This is, this is one of the things. I mean, I use kind of, I use Lightroom minimal, really minimally. Um, but I couldn't use it when I had a Cintiq because my arm's constant. Because you can't obviously move panels around in that. So my mm. arm's going constantly across the screen. Dragging everything with it. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I wish. I know Adobe, you get asked a lot of times, but just to make the panels movable. Yeah, so you can have it for us left people. So you don't use Lightroom hardly at all. Hmm? You don't use Lightroom at all. No, I do use it. I, mm-hmm. I yeah, I do use it. And what do you use it for? Um, mainly important organizing, and then there's a minimal amount of stuff I do. I know you can do loads in it. You know what I mean? But I kind of, um, and again, this is between us. 
Um, <laughs> because although I've got a pimped out machine, you know, it's, it's pretty right. a high end machine. I still get the spinning beach ball of death when I'm using things like spot removal. So stuff that you can do in Lightroom. I just I, I was right. brought up on Photoshop, bang it out, and I'll just do it in seconds. I just heard spinning beach ball. That means you're a Mac user, which is probably I was, your problem. I was a Mac ah, user. You joined the dark side. Yeah, yes. get in there. Two weeks ah. ago. Really? Wait, but two, you, weeks two weeks ago. ago. Welcome yeah. to the cookies. You, Welcome you to the cookies. We have cookies on the dark mean? side. Um, we, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think we're doing over here? Not eating cookies? Yeah. Well, get, you see, get out of here. Dark side has cookies. They're not good. They're they're Good. No, 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 they're so good. Yeah, they're like they're... extra chocolate chip double dip. Yeah, they're cheesy <laughs> store bought cookies. We yeah. have the real homemade good they're, cookies. They're really hard. We have designer homemade cookies. Enjoy, yes. enjoy soft, not being able to upgrade right soft. now because you're Mac users. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your 16 gig of Okay, RAM. so watch yeah. it. Why did you switch? You just did this two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I got an Alienware um, tower system. And I'm getting an Alienware laptop when I get back home from this because. Uh, yeah, I was just so frustrated. I was just getting that constant, mm, like this, you know, this spinning beach ball. And yeah. I want more than 16 gig of RAM. And I don't want to, if I want more, I don't want to have to buy a whole new computer. Yeah. Let me just buy a module and whack it in and carry on. That's all I want. Yeah. I've dug him wrong. I love Apple. Is I it, really love Apple. We didn't but... need a thinner laptop. Nobody was asking no, for that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want a bag full of dongles and stuff. Yeah. But obviously, we're talking about stuff that people. That, <laughs> Nobody the... wants a bag full of dongles. <laughs> no. That's, that's, that's an old saying. <laughs> don't speak for me, Rena. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've. I've used Mac for 15 years, but you know, before I was using them and stuff like that. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not somebody who is loyal to a brand if it doesn't do what I need right. it to do. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be fit for purpose, and if it's not, I'll move on. So is the transition hard? Thinking surprisingly not. Really? Yeah. I mean, Windows 10. Uh, the only thing that I've kind of struggled with, not struggled with, but the only thing I've had to really think about is the keyboard layout. Where's the at? Where's the speech marks? That's it. That, I mean, I'm everything else is totally into it. Absolutely. And it's like a rocket, this thing. I turn it on, count to three, and bang, I'm up and running. I'm getting files that are like one and a half gigs coming over from my external hard drives into the computer, and I can go one, two, three, four, bang, and they're there. Whereas before, I was like, go make a cup of tea, come back, and you know what I mean? It's, yeah, the I'm, love, I'm really loving it. Yeah. Really, really happy with it. Wow. I love it. So, the what, what kind of tea? I'm a tea? I'm a tea drinker, I don't drink coffee. What kind, what kind of tea are you into? Yorkshire tea. I knew it! Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you know it? Because every British I know, Yorkshire tea. they all Yorkshire. say Yorkshire tea. I got in trouble when I was traveling with Clinton Loftus because my sister and I were drinking Rurubus tea. And he, yeah, see, they, Roy, he made wow, that, that, yeah. that was a face. <laughs> see, they make that face. He yeah, sent me a video tea. of his son destroying this box with an axe mm. because it was so, anyways, but he never gave us Yorkshire tea, so I can't. But yes, Yorkshire get, tea, Dorset tea, yeah. or English breakfast tea. English breakfast. English breakfast. I get you down had that this morning. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm addicted. I start every morning English you breakfast do. or Earl Grey if I'm feeling real no, saucy. That's just like drinking perfume. What's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> that's just not wrong. I got. I love how sometimes, serious Brits are about tea. Sometimes so serious about it. And the crumpets. <laughs> and the crumpets. Talk to me about crumpets. Crumpets. They've got to be crispy. Crit, and then so just not. a big bit of my, um, butter. You dip it? Are you a dipper? No, no. no you don't dip. For the Does anyone dip it? Not in England. Put a butter on, let it just drop around and melt into it. Oh, now you're talking. So what is so amazing about Yorkshire tea? Why why are you guys all hooked on the tea? It just tastes so good. It's 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 just one of the, how can you explain it? How can you quantify it? It just tastes so good. What else do you need to know, Renee? Yeah. Get yourself so a box curious. of Yorkshire tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, is it anything like English breakfast? 
kind of bold and yeah, it's a bit stronger. Oh, really? Stronger. Yeah, stronger. It's a bit stronger. Yeah, yeah describe this experience of drinking Yorkshire tea. What were we really talking about? Yes. Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, my voice went high then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, describe, describe the experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just it's said a ridiculous and, question. And I'm use a lot of. I'm with RGG right now. I can ask these questions. Use a lot of alliteration screw, too. Yeah. A lot of alliteration. Yeah. And explain it. Uh, <laughs> you just said it's like slightly more bitter, slightly stronger. Than, than whatever tea we were just it, talking actually about. Actually, try and say it in an American accent. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, why not? No, but, uh, and then Rob will explain <laughs> in a British accent. Sure. Yeah. All right, go. Challenge <laughs> Gauntlet. Look, i got six eyes looking at me now. This just isn't on. Right, and get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> That's actually quite good. Right. Oh, oh geezer. Oh, geezer, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a really bad American accent. Honestly, outside of this room, I'll do the most amazing American accent. Um, but I'm just trying to... Just between us. But, okay, so, again, just between us. Man, that tea tastes good. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That was right. good. All right, now, Rob, you try it. Same phrase. Oh, yeah, it's hard one. <laughs> I eyes. love the tea taste. Delightful. <laughs> Where's That's that? pretty good. Where was that? I don't know. It sounded good to me. That was not... It was not British. It was Chinese. Oh, Chinese. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, it was, that wasn't was it? Ch- Rob, oh, we talked about this. <laughs> what did we talk about? <laughs> I don't what know. Do you mean we talked about this? <laughs> we could have. Oh, I see. So you'd plan this. Yeah. Uh, no. Not the tea thing. Uh, that was definitely mm-mm. off the cuff. Are you kidding? Do you think anything we do is scripted in any way, shape, or form? Okay, good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Glenn, you started, what... talking off, started off talking about vegetables, for God's sakes, right? I should have known. We, have, we, however, did not talk about a great American dish, succotash, of lima beans succotash. and corn. Wow. I've only ever heard of succotash from like, cartoons. Shuffering succotash. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Oh, it's a real thing. Also gross. Just so you know. All right, Glenn, what are <laughs> what do you struggle with the most now? Time. Yeah, time. I've got so many projects but not enough time to do them. That's everybody's answer. Yeah. Everybody's crushed. How do we get more time? We need to move the earth further away from the sun or closer to Does the sun. Does it work that way? Does it work that way? Well, we, we need distortion. Superman to go anti-clockwise a few times. Like is that what it is? I'm like totally screwing up. Yeah, yeah, something. We need to spin the opposite direction for a little bit. Or we need to shed some of the things that we do. Slow mm. down. No. Or we could invent Greedy. an eighth day of the week. It's very Beatles of you. Is it? Eight days a week? Do you even know who all the Beatles are? Renee got put on the spot in the last I episode. Give. Yeah. I got basically trolled by Rick, our guest the entire time. Rick, Rick yeah. Salmon related to Renee a little bit yeah. about the Beatles. She didn't know. Couldn't. Really? No. Yeah, well, I mean, I knew it once you started mentioning it, but to say it off the top of my head, no. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what did I sign up for? What did I get myself? Like, I thought we were going to talk Photoshop too. I'm just and here photography, my head. and we're talking about Yorkshire tea and mushy, mushy peas, peas. And, and the lima beans. Succotash. All right, back to Photoshop. Say it with me. How long do you think... Succotash. How long do you think... Someone should spend before they really understand Photoshop. How long does it take to get? Good? <sighs> yeah, I, you can't say I know people that could pick it up within an hour and they'd be quite. They'd get a good understanding. It depends. That's that's all. That's yeah. That's just Photoshop's tough because there are two hundred ways to execute the same function. Kind yeah, of like yeah, if yeah. you want if you want to create something, there are so many different ways in Photoshop to do it. It's, it's just so a complex. tool bag. That's all it is. A tool bag. You know, I used to be a, I used to be a plasterer's laborer when I was when I was a kid. 
working on the building sites, and you'd have a yeah. bag of tools and stuff. And I'd see some of the guys doing the plaster on the walls. They'd go from the bottom down up with the trowel. I would always go from the top down back, you know, the other way. I, same tool, I was using it differently. That's same isn't, as Photoshop. Isn't that one of the cool things about Photoshop, though? Because no matter what way you yeah. think, how yeah, you're yeah, wired, yeah. you know, you can find a way to make the program work for the way that you think. I think that is totally as frustrating as it is. It's also really amazing. But then you get people saying, you're doing it wrong. I don't care how I'm doing it, as long as I get the result I want. Yeah, I brush my teeth one way. Why do you get a <laughs> judge? <laughs> oh, wait, how do you brush your teeth? With an electric toothbrush? Yeah, same here. Yeah, ele yeah. yeah electric. Rob, are you electric? Who's yeah. manual? Yeah. No, manual when I travel. It's just easier. You don't want to deal yeah. with the, the batteries going off yeah, in the luggage. It's just, it's just a pain. Plus, stuff can get wet. And it's like, you know, just, just deal with it. Mm. You know, manual for a few days. I'm fine with that. Away. Roughing it. Yeah. Back to caveman style. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most looking forward to in the next year? Uh, how, how my project develops. I kind of know, you know, I'll be getting work and stuff like that, but yep. more, more than anything, I'm looking how see how this project develops. What's your goal with it? I've got no end goal. We've got my first exhibition in November, and that's I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but I've got no goal with it. I just want to make, if anything, it's just make it not just within the UK, come outside of the UK and start to discover more of where events happen and start photographing there as well. Would it all be World War II based? Or would it, would uh, for, you for me, for me, it is going to be 1940s World War II based. Yeah, I would say. Uh, so the costuming that you get yeah. is that? Do people own that, or are you are you renting it somewhere? It's, it's a mixture. There's uh, some of the soldiers that I've done so far. The Home Guard guys, they own all that. Uh, but the uh, child evacuee we did in Wales, there we got off that um, off a TV and film supplies um, company. So, How difficult is it to kind of get some of that styling? Like, surprisingly easy. Really? I couldn't believe it, yeah. Once you start doing stuff like this, you just start to realise these places are on your doorstep. You never, I never even knew these places were around or as, you know, as prevalent as they are. I mm -hmm. thought it's like, you know, there's only one company that does this. But there's, in this one place in Cardiff, there was four outlets that provide for the TV and film industry. I was amazed. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you do the printing for it? Uh, no, we use a company in Scotland called Loxley. I work quite closely with those. They're really good guys. Do you, you print? Know? Do you enjoy printing? I don't print at all. Do not print at all. No, I've kind of. That was one thing when I kind of. I guess when I first started out, I just couldn't get my head around. Couldn't get it right. There's so a science to it well for around. sure. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't want to do A threes or anything like that. I want. I want bigger. I want bigger prints. What are three modifiers that you think every photographer should have? A one thirty five octa. Um, an octa that's one hundred thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I have 135 octa. That is a, a three. What, why? I, so one. Right, go I on, think one. You shoot that. Actually, no, 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 no. I take that back, actually. Uh, a 135 octa in an ideal world, if you can't have one of those, a shoot-through umbrella with a black cover that you can use as well. Because, I mean, they're brilliant. Do you ever flag off the light to change... Like with the octave, you have the octave. Do you ever flag off part of it so that you can control where the light's going? I don't. I don't tend to flag off uh, with it, but I do tend to really angle it away. And I get people saying to us, that's, "That's not even pointing towards them. How's that working?" I tend to really. I do feather quite, quite hard. You know what I mean? Really do bring it round a lot. But I don't generally flag it off. Not yet. I've not had real reason to with what kind of work I'm doing, but I'm always up for experimenting with stuff like that. I love it. That's what I like about the experimenting, working out problems, and all that kind of stuff. Do you consider yourself more of a retoucher or a photographer? Or you right down the middle. Uh, I would say now, yeah, more of a photographer. 
Yeah, yeah I, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to be known as somebody who was a photographer. So retouching was the pathway for you to get into. Yeah, and don't, yeah. don't get me wrong, absolutely love it. I really love it. But since I've made that transition, since that first book came out, to say, right, I'm really going to push the photography now, it's opened more doors for me with companies approaching me. I never, I always said I'd never approach a company. I never wanted to go cap in hand to a company. Please give me some of your stuff. I always wanted them to approach me. And ever since I moved from being this guy who was only really known for the Photoshop, then all of a sudden I'm doing this lighting, I get so much more interest. So how many other photographers work were you working on and making it no longer their image? Uh, <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> See, no, I've hit a nerve here. We've gone right back to that now, right? <laughs> Jesus. Was there wasn't too. even a segue there. That was straight in. <laughs> no I know two, room. but I ain't naming them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport. I appreciate it. Actually. <laughs> well, should we wrap so it up? Does that wrap it up? Did I, we, did I kill it? You, yeah, you, kind of, like you killed the vibe. Did. You killed, killed the vibe again, Rob. Yeah, yeah. We well, talked, I'm, we I'm talked not... about this. <laughs> again, we did not talk about this. Rob, you need to start writing things down. No. <laughs> I don't want to remember. Okay, here's, here's a question yeah. then. Um, if, when you were first getting into it, like in your first five years, what was the number one image that you did that you just kept going back to and was like, yeah, um, that was cool? Like, uh, it was it was mainly a three-light kind of setup. I was doing the two, again, influenced by the Calvin Hollywood kind of style and garble Richter. It was the, the two lights, one from either side and then one from the front. So I did that a lot and just dropping in backgrounds, not really doing cutouts, but just using blend modes instead. So that that was the kind of thing I did again and again and again. Um, and I really enjoyed it really enjoyed it but then i got bored and i wanted to do different stuff where can everyone find your work and info about your workshops um well the main place i guess the main hub is gonna be my website which is just you know creatively called glindewis.com and that's a that's a blog that i try to update several times a week putting a lot of effort into my youtube channel that's got a, a good following on there now um so i try to do a video a week on there as well wow a video a week a video wow. a week be it a photography related or a photoshop related kind of video do you shoot and edit those yourself do you have yeah, a team yeah 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 I, I, I really actually i really do enjoy working in premiere but i have to be do really you? yeah i have to be really careful because you know i want to know more no. Think, no i can't because i need to be doing this stuff i love learning yeah, yeah. um yeah there's some i've watched some great channels on youtube that teach about using Premiere as well, some great, great guys out there doing that. I can see why time is your is your struggle because yeah. you're putting up so much content every single week. That's yeah, that's a lot. How long are the videos that you're putting up every week? Big one. How long are the videos that you're putting up weekly? Uh, I've kind of learned the best length for me is around about eight nine minutes, something like that. Yeah. Any longer than that, any, if it takes any longer than you know to drink a cup of Yorkshire tea, then it's, <laughs> it's that's too, the, that's the standard measurement. <laughs> it's too long. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you go into like 20, 30 minutes plus. Yeah, that's three yeah. cups of Yorkshire that's tea. Three cups of that. Yeah. That's By that point, of... you got to get up to pee. Exactly. Oh yeah, stuff goes right through you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn, thank you so much for making time in this busy week to come by and be ridiculous with us. Yeah, this has really been <laughs> fun. We, we've enjoyed it. This has been a great time out. I've enjoyed this. Good. Good. <laughs> awesome. Not what it's not your typical I think he's podcast, the first. is it? Yeah, not first to enjoy yeah. one. That's good. Like, really? Or like one. One percent. That is lying. To most people will never know. Most people walk out like crying. Midway. Midway. They just 
They do not. You just get up and walk out. She's a liar. I can't see Rick Salmon doing that. No, he did. <laughs> he did not walk out. <laughs> we kicked him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't include this bit, right? <laughs> From one composite artist to another, though, it's really, really cool to meet you finally after seeing your work Ditto. online for so many years. It's just been awesome. So when these guys brought me in to do this, and they're like, Glenn's coming on, I was like, ah! Yeah, she was pretty excited. Oh, totally. so cool. I was excited to meet you because we've kind of communicated and yeah. sort of got you in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in his book. It's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Not that why. one. I was going to say, you mean this book? No, right no, here? no. No, there's a new one coming out. The Rocky Nook have got it here today. It's come out today. Your new book comes it's a brand out today. New, and here's the badge. See? Congratulations. That's awesome. Photograph like a thief. See? Nice. Copying. All about copying. Photograph like a thief. Damn, yeah. that's good. Good book. <laughs> Gotta go pick up that book. Gotta pick up that you book. You do. Yeah. Where's the, where can people find that book? Amazon? It'll be on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and all good bookstores. All the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think bookstores are going away? Even the last Barnes and Noble? No, I, I, I much prefer having a. I know a lot of people that are now have kind of made that transition. They like to have a book in their hand. Yeah. I know people that have brought the Kindle version already of the new book, and they're saying they've already put pre order in for the hard copy as well. Nice. That's so, cool. Which is great, yeah. Nice. Yeah, bookstores are still cool. I mm. like bookstores. Well, thank you again for, for stopping you. by and to download this episode and all the episodes. Go to rggedupodcast.com. And then, Rob, where, where can people? iTunes. iTunes. Where else? Stitcher. Stitcher. SoundCloud. I was going to say and Google. Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, should I do it? Like, uh, no, there will, Google. there will be a MySpace page. Well, we have to. After by the all time this, yeah. this airs. After all so this ridiculous. Subscribe on MySpace now, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, over, over, over. Thanks, now. thanks again. Okay, podcast is over. You can turn it off now. Go take some pictures or whatever you photographers do nowadays.